welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason! I feel like we've been recording the podcast more than just once a week since we've been doing a couple of live streams on Facebook, so those of you that have joined us, it has been such a blast to talk with you and um, have zany banter with a group of people. Yeah, it is. It's been a good time. Been some uh, PG-13 content. Um, that just came from Fred. Yeah, I mean, Fred, that's just Fred, Fred was getting a little risque on the chat. <laughs> Changes the whole way I look at games, Fred. <laughs> no, it was fun. It was. We were just on there talking about games that didn't quite make the top 100, and you guys were chiming in and that makes it a little more fun when it's some when it's interactive that was it was it was really fun yeah i had a good time and if you don't know what we're talking about you can watch it on the replay or in syndication as mike picorni says on facebook or it's also out on our youtube channel holla multiple ways to watch that's right that's what we're all about so you can get board game mechanics every day of the week that's true i mean you, you could probably if you started listening to episode one of the podcast that's 107, like, there's like 150 different episodes. You could listen to 150 hours of this show. Wow. I don't know how many weeks that is, but that's a lot. That's a lot of your life that you're throwing away. <laughs> yeah. It's like five weeks. I don't know. That's math, honey. I don't do math. Yeah, that's true. But either way, it's a lot of time. And there's lots of videos. You could spend a lot of your life just looking at my ugly mug and listening to our crazy voices. <laughs> that's true. I only came in like partway through, so... There's a lot more of not me. That's but true. there's some me. There's some of Joel's ugly mug in there, too. You can watch me try to cut up in a box and not cut myself. <laughs> there's that. That's true. Anyway, let's talk about something I do know a little bit about, and that's some random Kickstarter news. So I picked, like, totally random things out there in Kickstarter. And honestly, I have a tongue queued up that just kind of interests me. And so when it comes to episode time, I just sort through, I'm like, what speaks to me right now? And I also look at stuff that really is coming to fulfillment soon. So that way, you know, there's a sense of urgency and then you can really catch stuff before it goes away. So the first one I want to talk about is a super silly, probably super stupid card game, but the artwork's adorable and the theme is hilarious and it's called Turf War Unicorn City. That, that name is awesome. <laughs> it is because in this game you're you're trying to get gangs of unicorns to win a turf war to t to for your gang to be in control of Unicorn City. Is it like the Jets and the Sharks? Yes, but you're different types of unicorns. <laughs> so awesome. there's like seventy some cards in the deck, and like sixty of them are different types of unicorns. And like there's a ninja unicorn, and they always win like the turf battle. I don't think it's called, it's just like the turf war is like overall the rum, there's like rumbles and then there's like battles. So like in a regular battle, we'll all lay out a unicorn and each unicorn has sparkle power and the highest sparkle power wins unless you've got two unicorns that were the same gang colors and you can put them out together and their sparkle power like gets combined. Or you could play a cupcake with your unicorn and that doubles your sparkle power. So then you can take out all those other unicorns that don't know what's up. And so then if you win that battle, your unicorn goes into like a permanent place in your gang because you get you're trying to be the first one of five gang members. And then at the end of the end of five gang members, it's a rumble. You do three rumbles to win the turf war. Uh, the artwork is super stinking adorable. The different types of unicorns are hilarious and ridiculous. 
it just looks like a cute, fun little game, especially like I totally think that Rory could play this and would totally enjoy it because it's just looking for the highest number. Um, there's like just those few little specialty items that add to it. But for the most part, that's it. Does this play like with the game war? It sounds like that. Yeah, kind of. It's like war with unicorns, but like oh, okay. gang war. Gang wars with unicorns is what this is. <laughs> Adorable unicorns in a gang war. That's silly. That's silly. Yes, yeah, so there's four days left on that Kickstarter when this episode drops, and it's only twenty bucks. So it might be. And um, there's actually several other games offered by the same designer. Um, there's a cute one about ghosts, and there's one about I think trick or treating, and there's there. All, all of the card games offered on there are only 20 bucks. So you might see another one that looks cute to you, but the Turf War, Unicorn City, is one that drew me in. So unicorns, four days left. Unicorns are like the new hotness for theme, too. Like they Unicorn are. Fever, this one. I've seen a couple other games on Kickstarter that have that theme. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, ex- is it Exploding Unicorns? Or I played one. Oh, yeah, you did play that. Um, yeah, it's a card game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. It's a game that I would never play, but you did play it. I did. Obviously, it was so memorable to me. (laughs) I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Something about unicorns. I'll look it up while you look at the next one. So the next one is actually like a straight up fighting game. And it's like, it's just as a two player only game, although there is an option if you buy, um, buy into one of like the higher Kickstarter levels, they have a two, a two V two option. Unstable unicorns. Unstable, that's it. Yes. I couldn't think of it. All right, sorry. Anyway, so there's um, on some higher levels of this Kickstarter, there's 2v2, and it's called Twisted Fables. And normally this is not really my thing. Like, I am much more okay with fighting and attacking games, especially in a, like a, a one-on-one, like Hero Realms kind of situation, which this seems a little bit like that. But the theme on this one is dope and the artwork is cool so it's like your fairy tales and it's fairy tale females like and they're very empowered so like um sleeping beauty and it's like futuristic sci-fi dystopian is the setting so sleeping beauty is um she was like locked in this facility and they monitored her and while she was sleeping she like called to these the shadow realms so when she comes back when she awakens, she has like this whole kind of, she's like this queen of shadows. Um, there was a prophecy about Snow White that she would destroy the kingdom. So her parents poisoned her with an apple. She died, but then rose again as an unborn witch that did destroy the kingdom. Like um, Little Red Riding Hood got torn apart by the wolf, but they put her back together as like the cybernetic assassin. Like it is cool. The backstory, the theme is cool, like wickedly cool. And so you're choosing one of those characters and using like their special powers, their their fable kind of abilities to fight against another player who chooses their own their own person. Um, if you get like a higher level of the Kickstarter, they've got miniatures and they look awesome. If you're Jason, you're not going to buy that. So just the strictly like standees kind of game, that's thirty five dollars. So it's not even like a really bad price point for what, like if you like that attacking kind of game, this seems like a really cool implementation of it. Um, And so there's five days left on that Kickstarter and um, it's 35 bucks for just the basic pledge level. And that is Twisted Fairy Tales. All right. So it's not just the minis. That's the reason I wouldn't buy this game. It's that it's a one versus one attacking game. 
Well, right. Oh, Twisted Fables, not Fairy Tales. Come on, Katie. Yeah, Twisted Fables, yeah. Twisted Fables. So it's a fairy tale. So you do it, and I probably would, because it's asymmetrical, so you've got these different powers, and it's deck building, so that puts me in the mindset of, like, a hero realms, star realms kind of thing, which I totally love. And there's different miniature scales, too. I mean, they look awesome. And this is the other thing. They are all female creations. Not one of the recreations makes them look like some slutty hoe bag that Lame. forgot I'm out. half of their outfit somewhere. They are powerful. Um, Red Riding Hood has got like this machine gun that she's working with. I mean, like, I mean, Shahrazad is showing some leg, and the Little Mermaid has a bare midriff. But I mean, other than that, and the art, the artwork is really, really cool. There's like an art book even, but oh, I, it just, it's cool. I think it's, I, if you like that kind of, and I love deck builders, I love that. Um, and I don't mind the fighting. Like this seems like really fun. I will never play it because Jason will never play That's it. That's not but. true. Chris could maybe back it and bring it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's true. But still, it's only two versus like one on one or possibly two on two. So who knows if we'd play it. But yeah, that's Twisted Fables. Um, it looks awesome. Five days left on the Kickstarter, 35 bucks for the basic. Cool. Uh, so I'll take the last one because this is one that I actually have knowledge of. And, and it looks really cool. And I'm sad that I didn't get to play it. It is cool. And this is Studies in Sorcery from Weird Draft Games, or as it was previously called, Degrees in Darkness. I don't know why they changed the name. Probably. I don't know, it was offensive or something. Um, but this is a contract fulfillment game with some push your luck. So what you're trying to do is you're going to you're trying to dig up bones and diff- get different kinds of ingredients to bring back to f- complete these spells. You're going to like reanimate a skeleton that's going to give you some points at the end of the game and may give you a special power. You may do, um, I can't remember what they are. Um, Alchemy. Um, yeah, you're doing a whole bunch of different kinds of spells, essentially. To you, There's there's like three types that you can pick. Right. You can do like necromancy, alchemy, or, um, I just looked at this. It sounded so cool, too. Yeah, so you're, you're on your turn, you can um, play some cards down to try to fulfill your recipe that's in front of you. You can go dig through one of the piles of the graveyard, which is kind of like a push your luck thing. You're going to look yeah. at a pile, pass over it if you don't want it. Look at the next pile, pass over it if you don't want it. Look at the next pile, pass over and you don't want it. But if you pass over all the piles, you only get one card off the top and all the other piles get a card added to them to make them, you know, more enticing in the future. So that that's my, my favorite part of the game. It's really cool. Or I think uh, you can buy new contracts to come over in yes. front of you and you can buy different types of ingredients. There's a candle and... um. Um, one other thing, a candle and one other piece that's always available for purchase that you don't have to dig in the cemetery for. And you're just trying, it takes place over, I think six rounds. You're just trying to complete more contracts than your opponent. Um, you're each, you're also going to have a special like, um, con, uh, what is it called? Uh, grant it's worth $5 that you can cash in to spend to buy some cards. And every card that you find in the cemetery is also going to have a monetary value. So you can use the card to fulfill a recipe or, Use it to it. yeah to sell to buy some stuff, which is really cool. Uh, it's a really cool theme. It's um, plays in like thirty minutes. It's really fast. Weird Giraffe is really good at that, like thirty minute filler type game. And this one kind of hits that same niche. 
So if you want to see um, how it plays, because my description was horrible, there's a video on our YouTube channel that I did showing the game off. Uh, it's, it's really fun. It's It doesn't really play... I mean, it's a contract fulfillment game and push your luck, so it's not like groundbreaking, but the way the mechanics go together is really fun. So Studies and Sorcery, six days, 19 bucks, and that's a pretty sweet deal because it's a lot of game for $19. Yeah, it looks really fun. I wish we'd been allowed to keep the, the prototype for this. However, what's confusing to me is it says it's Studies and Sorcery is an engine building and drafting game, and it doesn't sound like that from what I've read and your description. I mean, you you complete the when you complete the recipe or the spell... Some of them will give you a special power that happens, but not all of them. So if it's engine building, it's like maybe two cards over the course of the game or depending if you put or if you want to focus on that, you can do it. But and the drafting, maybe they're counting digging into the cemetery as drafting, but that feels like push your luck to me. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I like the theme. I like the kind of like I don't want to say hokey artwork, but it's real like light like, it's not super detailed, but it's just kind of like these cool little sketches. I I really want to play this. Did we back this? Uh, I thought she said she was going to send me one, so I did not cool. back it. But if you want to back it, there's six days left on that. It's only $19. I know we've been, there's been some chatter in the Riveted about it because um, Rude Draft does some cool stuff. This looks like an easy buy for 19 bucks. So check it out. Studies in Sorcery. All right, so today's games played are brought to you by the letter A. Ah. Um, so yeah, uh, we, uh, uh. <laughs> we oh, played two numbers. We played two games. Well, we played more than two, but these are two that we haven't talked about in a while. So we're going to talk about them, and they both begin with letter A. And that first game is called Amerigo. Mm-hmm. This is a Stefan Feld game. It's in a really big box, but it actually doesn't have that much stuff inside that really big box, which is kind of confusing. Right. Um, so this is a game uh, where you're exploring this island trying to put down polyominoes. We talked about this on one of the live streams. You're putting down polyominoes to try to collect different types of resources and fulfill these islands and score points. You're also going to be um, getting special powers throughout the game by moving up this track. You're going to be fighting pirates by getting cannons to shoot at the pirates. You're going to be trying to earn gold to make your actions more powerful. But the best part of this game is the, the way you select actions. It's through a cube tower. You pick up all the cubes of one color, throw it in the tower, Whatever comes out of the actions you can take, and the power of the action is the highest color of cube that comes out of the tower. So if four different color cubes come out and one of them has four colors, you can take any of those four actions at a power of four, which is pretty neat. So this is a really good Feld game. It's The more we play it, the more it's probably going to move up my ranking, but I've only played it a couple times, so that's why it's not quite in my top 100 yet, but I do like it. So what do you think of this one? Yeah, I had never played this one before. And he brought it out, I was like, really, this is what we're going to do it? Because, you know, it's got that gross artwork on it. And I was like, I don't know. It was it was really fun. In fact, that's what we talked about on the podcast. It's ranked at 102 on my list after just one play. Because I do love that mechanic of how you decide what actions to take and, and the strength of, of said actions. And that... Yes, there's a lot of things going on the board because, you know, you're fighting off pirates and you're wanting to collect things to build and you're wanting to actually build them and you want to move your ships and you want to place the, um, you want to collect these modifiers and like all this stuff. There's a lot to happen, but on each turn, you can only choose one action and the tower tells you at what strength that that action is going to be. So it's, it's a simple like game to play 
despite all of its moving parts. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. It looks like a beast, but it's really not that difficult to play. No, it's yeah. not. The other one we played, another game that starts with A, and it's a little bit um, apropos for the season. That was Abomination. Isn't it like the subtitle Air Frankenstein? Or yeah, the Air Frankenstein from Plat Hat. Yes, the one and only Plat Hat game we own. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> not a huge fan of them. <laughs> I would try more of their games, but you totally would not. Nope. You have played. You've played Forgotten Waters. That's also them, I think. Oh, that game is so good. Yeah. I think I like Plat Hat. Yeah, I like Abomination. Yeah, so Abomination, Air Frankenstein, is where you are an, a mad scientist and you are developing your own creature much like Dr. Frankenstein did. Um, so you are, it's, you're doing worker placement actions where you're going around to maybe the morgue or the hospital, or um, there's a public hanging, or you're digging in the graveyard to get body parts to use, or even animals at the animal hospital, That's animal true. parts yep. to use to build your creature. Um, meanwhile, you're trying to increase your reputation and your expertise so that you can do better at your harvesting, at your creation. Um, you also are, you know, trying not to kind of lose your humanity as you're going around and taking dead people's parts. Or sometimes you could even murder someone to get the really fresh parts, which definitely takes a toll on your humanity. And so you're doing all that, collecting all of these different bits to develop parts. You have to then skin them and then you have to bring them to life. Um, so it's kind of a race to do that before everyone else does meanwhile there's events happening occasionally you've got like a story element which i get some people don't like that and it it doesn't super fit with like the flow of the game but it's also kind of like an event card being played and oh so somebody gets an extra cube or somebody gets this i just think it's a, a, the mechanic to do that and i honestly don't mind it we played it at three and jason and i have played it at two and everyone's like, it takes too long. We didn't use the Igor variant, and we played it at three, and I thought it really wasn't that bad for the length. A couple hours, yeah. But I don't know if it's because I actually, you know, really enjoy it, so I don't care if it is maybe a little bit longer, but I don't know. I, I, just, I just like it. Yeah, and it is funny. This really could have been like a farming theme, because that's really what you're doing is you're going around and you're getting crops, and you're turning those crops into like, you know, anything like it could be a house or whatever but instead you're getting dead body parts and you're turning it into a creature which is cooler yeah yeah I, I i do love like the macabre theme to it i just think that's really fun yeah i, act I actually don't freak. i actually don't hate the events in this they're not too crazy i mean i don't like reading stuff from the book because i apparently struggle with that and can't you tell. could not read for <laughs> and then so this is what kills me because was it maybe it was Chris? One of them was all talking about either Chris or Brandon's like Katie really likes to read, you know, read aloud to people. <laughs> I don't know who it was that said that. I think it was Chris, yeah. But it's because I do it properly. Yeah, I was I was pretty bad at it. It was pretty bad. But yeah, I, I really like this game. It's a worker placement game, so that normal type of deal. But the collecting resources and how they decompose, and you can get ice to keep them from de decomposing. Or decaying, one of the two words, and then you know you can sell your you can sell your bones back to the market to get money. You can um, put some of your organs in um, preserves, and you can sell them to the market for cool stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a fun game. Uh, it, it may be a little long, but I enjoy it, so I don't really care. So 
I dig it. Yeah, I just have a satisfaction in like creating my monster pieces and getting them put together. Like that keeps me going. That I'm like, oh yeah, I just need to get some more muscle, and oh, I'm out of blood. I need to donate some blood. Like that's good. Yep, I agree. Those are the games that we played. Brought to you by the letter A. All right, so continuing on in our top 100 games of all time, and of all time seems uh, like hyperbole, but it's really because we go back to the games that we've ever really kind of played or thought about playing, or I mean, we've played them, but it's not just this past year. Um, So we've gone from 100 up to 90, no. Yeah, 91. Yes, to 91. 81, 81. 81. 100 to 81, so check out the past couple weeks for that if you're missing them. We talked about 101 to 150 on Facebook Live, so that's also out there on Facebook or on um, YouTube. And so today, we're going to give you 80 to 71, and Jason is going to start with his number 80. All right, so my number 80 is a game that some have said looks disgusting and is has terrible art. And, <laughs> and it might, but I don't care about that. And I like the game. So my number 80 is Terra Mystica. Um, This is a game of, let's see, you're trying to build different types of buildings out on this map. And the trick is the um, civilization that you're playing only likes a certain type of land. So maybe if I'm water people, I want to have all the tiles. In order to build my buildings, I have to terraform them to water. Or if I'm like tree folk, I have to terraform all the all the tiles to forest. The trick here is no matter there's a, an amount of effort that you have to put in based on what the tile is when you're starting to terraform it into that. So you're going to spend actions to terraform the land to the tile that you need. You're going to spend actions to build the certain types of buildings. As you build buildings and they come off your player board, you're going to unlock special abilities, more income, more um, cubes that you can have to use for actions, that type of thing. It has a really tight economy. It has some end-of-round goals that everybody's trying to complete to score a bunch of points. And I think it takes place over six or seven rounds. I'm not sure on that. And it's really fun. It's a lot to teach. It has a lot of rules. And that's probably why I don't play it as much as I would like. But I would like to play it some more. And that is my number 80, Terra Mystica. Yeah, I would like to play this. um, But you don't want to teach me or explain the rules. So I will teach you. I just don't want to teach a bunch of other people. (laughs) Okay. Well, it's on the board of illegible games we haven't played. So it is. Or I haven't played. So hopefully we'll get around to that soon. My number 80 is a game that no one would say the artwork is gross. In fact, it is absolutely the opposite. It's beautiful. And that is Takedo. Um, this is Antoine Bauza, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I knew somebody. Okay. I'm sure there's probably somebody else on there, but I'll just give Antoine Bowser the credit because he's the person I can remember. No, he's, he's the only designer. Okay, great. I'm two for two. Hey. Um, Takedo is so gorgeous. It is about taking a casual, like, um, kind of like vacation walk through Japan. And on the way, you're going to stop and eat at some places. You're going to visit some friends. You're going to get some souvenirs. Um, You might paint some landscapes, you know, visit the hot springs. It's like, it's just so chill and relaxing. Um, It has the mechanic where you can move as far as you want on the line for uh, up to like certain like checkpoints, but you can't go back. So there's also limited spots at, 
each of these different places. And so you can't occupy a spot someone else already has. So while there's like a really tight, where am I going to go? Where do I need to go to make these set collection types of things happen or hit these goals? um, I feel like I get briefly mad, but I move on because it's so relaxing and beautiful. Yeah, I agree. This is a really good looking game. I get irritated too when I can't get what I need to get. And I've spent, I've gone in between places where I get food. I've gone to one place cause everything else is full, but the game takes 30 minutes and it's just a good time. So I, yeah, I agree with you. And it's really easy to introduce to people and kind of a nice, you know, entry weight kind of game. That's pretty. So that's my number 80 is Takedo. Uh, my number 79 <laughs> is a game that someone sent me for my birthday. Someone in the riveted Mike. Thank you. And it is a game called Circadian's First Light. Um, this is from Garfield, so like Shim Phillips and all that stuff. And it is a dice placement game where you are trying to upgrade your lab, send people out to this little planet to get resources, get different types of gems. You're trying to earn favor with these um, different aliens that are going to give you some special abilities. Trying to get some spaceships to be able to do some special actions and all that. It's a lot of resource management, resource conversion, and as you're using dice in some areas on the board, they're going to get locked up in there for the rest of the game. So you're trying to balance, you know, do I want to take one of those big actions now and lose my die forever? Or do I want to just do some stuff on my own player board, not have a, have a great round, but I'll have more dice to do some things. So it's a lot of juggling. Uh, it's, it's really cool. It's got really nice art. I love dice drafting and dice placement, and so that's my jam. So my number 79 is Circadian's First Light. I still have not played this. I saw you and Mike play it at, like, Nerdapalooza last year, and uh, it's hard because it's space, and I hate space. Um, yeah, but barely. You both have said that it's really good, and it's mostly, like, farming. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's space farming, yes. So maybe I'll give it a go and try and look past how ugly I think the space theme is. I think the artwork looks nice, though. The art is nice, but, yeah, the theme is... I, I could care less about the theme, but I do like the way it looks. Hmm. Uh, my number 79 has an interesting look, and I, I don't think it's space-themed, but it's, like, AI-themed, which is another one I don't like. I don't like a lot of, like, robotic, mechanic kind of stuff. But this game won me over, and that is Sentient. Um, so Sentient, really, the theme is pasted on, to be honest. Like... I'm trying to get over it. I know it's a problem I have. I'm working on it. So our new hottest buddy brought this game over and I'm like, like the artwork is like cool in like an abstract way, but it doesn't compel me to want to play the game because again, I don't want robots or artificial intelligence or dystopian or futuristic or any of that crap. But the gameplay on this is so cool that you are drafting well, you've got these die and then you're drafting cards that kind of go between them that are going to affect the dice that you have. Um, but you're putting cards on either side of one die. So they may each one may affect it different ways, but they still have to fulfill the requirements of the card. So you're really making this like really like carefully laid out engine and you're trying to get everything to balance. And I don't know why that appeals to me so much because that is everything that I normally can't stand. Like, honestly, like I keep talking about how I want to um, introduce this game to my sister because she's an accountant and she loves that kind of boring numbers crap. 
But for some reason, like, I just really like this game. Obviously, it's like number 79. And I've been thinking lately how much I want to play it again. Because um, I haven't played it for a while. And I just really enjoy it. So that's my number 79 sentient. Yeah, this is a good game. I'm not sure where it is on my list. But I do really enjoy playing this. It's got some cool, like, auctioning stuff for cards. And yeah, that way that dice and card mechanism works on your board is awesome. I agree. Um, so my number 78 is a what's your game game. Uh... And it is called Zhang Wo. I don't know how you say it. Zhang Wo. Zhang. The Z H is a J. John Wo. Zhang Wo. Zhang Wo. Okay. So that was a whole lot of saying that name. Um, <laughs> this is a game. It is. Okay. So I've played this about four times. And honestly, it's hard to explain. So. It is. What you're doing in this game is you are playing a card. You have two options to play this card. You can either play it on the board to take a certain type of action. Like you could build a wall. Because I think you're trying to you unite the the um, provinces of China or something like that or get them under control either way uh, you can build a wall you can insert a governor to the province you can um, do a couple other actions but and every time you take an action on the board it's also going to fire off abilities on your player board for cards that you have tucked under a certain region each time that happens it may add some unrest to the region it may bring unrest down in the region you have to move these um, governors and senators like around in your player board to help like slap the people around to get them in order and in check. It's a whole lot going on. It is a beast. It has tons of rules. That explanation made it sound terrible, but it honestly is a good game. And it's going to burn your brain a lot for only playing one card on your turn. And I think you play a total of like four cards in a round or something like that. And it is crazy and it's fun. So my number 78, Zhang Wo. Yeah, I don't know where this is on my list. Probably, it's probably down farther because it is so hard. Like, cool. Um, it is so brain burning. You're like, what do I actually want to happen? And what do I have the resources to do? And it's just like madness. It's madness. But man, I love it. Like, it's it's good. I, I don't know that it's not in my top 100. I don't know where it is, but it is a good game, but it is hard. It is probably because the experience, it's not like lighthearted. It's not like super fun because it is so brain burning. But yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. My number 78, uh, Jason talked about on the live stream, actually. And that is Marvel Legendary. I like deck builders a lot, which is why it is on my top 100. Um, again, I love the Marvel Universe. We don't actually own this game. We borrowed our friend Jim and Kim's for a long time, and they finally took it back. And now I really would like to look at which kinds of the different expansions and things I would like to invest in because I really do enjoy playing this game. And it's also an accessible kind of deck builder for people because you're, for the most part, playing cooperatively. A lot of people do have a great connection to the Marvel Universe, especially with all this, the huge um, movies that have come out. I always want to play with the X-Men because I love them so much. They're like totally part of my childhood. Um, just a big fan. So I like to play that way. But it's it's just a good fight in the baddies and the baddest baddie of all the baddies at the end. It's fun. I like it. 78, Marvel Legendary. Yeah, I do like this one, as I've talked about previously. It's a, it's a fun deck builder, and the co-op, you don't get too much like quarterbacking and alpha gaming and all that. It's just play your cards and do what your cards let you do. 
All right, so my number 77 is a CMON game, designer Eric M. Lang. What? It is the godfather, Corleone's Empire. That should be of no shock to anybody. I mean, (laughs) I've talked about this game a lot, and it's one of the, I think, two Eric Lang games that I I enjoy. Um, So this is a work replacement game where you're sending either thugs or family members out to certain regions on the board to shake down some businesses, get some drugs, get some money, get some alcohol to go and fulfill contracts by turning in the drugs, the alcohol, the money to either do a drive-by shooting, a car bomb, take out other people's thugs. Um, The ultimate goal of the game is to get as much money, which is points into your briefcase as you can and to get more of certain of all the colors of jobs which i think there are four in your briefcase and you're going to get extra points there's also a little bit of area control at the end of each round whoever has the most people in one of the regions is going to get to put a marker down and at the end of the game whoever has the most marker in each region scores i think five or or five or some kind of i think five bucks so just a cool worker placement game it's really mean but it goes with the theme and i think if this had any other theme it wouldn't be as fun because it is it is kind of entertaining to do a car bomb and just blow up a whole bunch of people's <laughs> meeples and throw them in the river. That's fun. So my number 77, The Godfather, Corleone's Empire. I like this game. I, gosh, I feel like this has to be my top 100, and I just I just don't know where it landed. Because for me, like the game is fun, but it's also a fun experience, too. Because, yeah, it's kind of mean and take that, but you're all laughing and cracking up about it because, like, oh, you know, I... I threw your family members into the river, but then, you know, they get out the next round and, you know, but you did something else and, it, oh, it's higher. Mine is higher, significantly higher. Right, it, this was higher for me last year, too. I don't know what made it fall down so much, but it was in like my top 50, I think, last year. Because you're lame. Yeah, that's probably true. Fake it's news. Fake, it's the fake news list. That's why. <laughs> you don't know where to rank anything. Yeah, that's true. My number 77 is a Jamie Stegmaier game, and it is actually not my favorite Jamie Stegmaier game, Um, but it is Euphoria, and this has really risen for me. I like the worker placement element. I like trying to kind of puzzle out what do I need to get in order to make these other things happen. The only thing I don't like, I don't like being, I don't, again, and I don't know why Jamie does this in almost all of his games, the race to so many stars or so many whatever, like the first to get to that. I despise that kind of mechanic. However, the few games that I do play that are like that, I enjoy them when they give me kind of my own pathway to figure out how to get there. And Euphoria really does that. If I want to, you know, stay in my people group and build them up and get some stars that way, or, you know, where do I want to go? Like, there's just lots of different places on the board to and different ways to get stars. So... I do like that about this game. It's weird. I do not understand the theme at all. The artwork seems kind of abstract to me, but it's a pretty fun game. And and really, I don't think that complex, but maybe I'm wrong with that. So my number seven seven is Euphoria. This is a good game. I enjoy it. The this is one of the I don't know if it's one of the first ones, but it's one of the first ones I've played where you can actually bump workers out of a spot, which is pretty neat. So I think a lot of people do that now, but that was pretty creative when I played it for the first time. I like this one a lot. Um, my number 76 is a worker placement game as well. We like a lot of worker placement games, apparently. Of course we do. Yes. And this is Rajas of the Ganges. Oh, I love this game. Yeah, this is, um, it's really pretty. It's not the normal boring and beige that we like. 
Uh, this actually has colors. It has really bright colored dice that you're using as resources. And what you're doing in this game is you're sending a worker out to a spot in normal worker placement, but you're using dice as kind of like the currency to be able to make these workers activate. So I may need to send a blue die or I may need to send a three of something to take the action of the space that I'm going to. I can also go to spaces to get dice. I can go to a space to be able to get these tiles that I'm going to be putting on this board that's in front of me to try to make paths from my castle out to the side of the board to get some bonuses. That requires a certain value and color of dice. It's just a really interesting way to use workers and dice together in a worker placement game. And the cool thing is you're trying to, the way the game ends is you're trying to get your points and I think your fame or something to cross. So they're both, both the tracks are going the opposite way. And once somebody meets the game ends and then you're going to see who either, if only one person meets, they win. If multiple people meet, it's whoever crosses the farthest will be the winner. So I may have a whole pile of points, but I don't have any, fame to show for it so i'm not going to win it's a really interesting way to end a game i don't i don't really think there's a ton of games that do that at least not that i've played but there should be because it's cool so my number 76 rajas of the ganges i love this game i know it's way higher on my list this is probably i'd say a top 20 top 30 game for me because it's so fun it's like fascinating the different ways you can play it. You can go. I, I just think it's like almost like the perfect storm of mechanics for me. And it's really cute and pretty. True. Yeah, it is really nice looking. So my number 76, speaking of nice looking games, this game is adorable. It's beautiful and fantastical. And that is Everdell. This game has really grown on me. I like to play it. I like the tableau building. I love the adorable like squishy berries and smooth stones and the little animal pictures and it, it's like um a red wall novel come to game and it's casual like you can teach all kinds of people to play it but you're also like there's enough advanced kind of strategy to okay how can i get the most points make the most of my tableau because i can only have so many characters here how do i get rid of buildings add new ones how can i spend the least resources and keep my turns going without moving into new seasons in order to really maximize the turns that i have with my worker placement and my card play like i think that that's really great and it's just it's just a fun game. That's my 76 is Everdell. I agree. This game, I didn't like it that much at first, but the more I played it, the more I really like it. And I may actually like this more than you. I don't know for sure. We'll find out as the episodes roll on. <laughs> we will. Um, so my number 75 is another What's Your Game game. And it is another one you haven't played. And it is called Railroad Revolution. Do we own this? Yes, we do. I just... Just not oh. that long ago. I think it was on like $20 sale on Amazon or something. Ah. So this is a game about building railroads. And there's also, you're trying to build the Western Union line. Um, you're racing up some tracks. Uh, the interesting thing about this is you are using different colored workers to be able to take different color actions on your player board. So I may want to do this one action, but I only have an orange worker available. So I have to take this part of that action but not necessarily the main action that i wanted to take so it's a cool balance of what kind of workers do i need to recruit what kind of workers do i have available to take actions and then as i'm fulfilling these little personal goals i have to send workers out of the game and they stand on these these personal goals to activate them for points and money or whatever so you're kind of using workers and you're losing workers 
you're building train tracks to get to these different uh, rail stations to build um, buildings there so you can have special abilities there. It's just a lot going on. It's probably one of the lighter What's Your Game games. It's not light by any means, but it's way lighter than Zhang Wo. It's lighter than some of the others, but it's a lot of fun, and there's still enough brain burning going on that I enjoy. So my number 75, Railroad Revolution. Yeah, maybe one day I'll play that. <laughs> maybe. It's on the it's on the list. It is on the board. Yes, it is. At least I think so. I can't quite tell. So it is. I'm looking at it. <laughs> it looks like Herder Furner. <laughs> no, it says Railroad Revolution because that's what, <laughs> what the game's called. I'm sure it does. <laughs> My number 75 is a kooky little weird game with like a crazy theme that has nothing to do with anything. And that is Demon Worker. This is just a fun entry worker placement where you are recruiting your demons for these these schemes. Well, actually, you have demons that work for you, and then you're trying to fulfill these schemes to take over the world by taking human souls or gems or all kinds of other stuff that you're trying to do. It's just basic um, worker placement. You get resources. You fulfill contracts. But it's got this, like, kooky, funny artwork. It has this, like, evil name, but it's... It's so not. Yeah, it's just a silly little cartoon artwork game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's like this. It's from Japan Anime Games, which I really like them. And it's just like a fun, light um, worker placement. I love it. Steam Worker, my number 75. That is a good one. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. The theme is ridiculous. Like, I don't, I like when games have kind of silly themes like this. It makes it a little more enjoyable playing it, I think. My number 74 is a game about diving and collecting treasure and it is called rec raiders this mm-hmm. is a dice drafting game where you're drafting a die to be able to put a worker down on a spot that has that number and when you go to a spot you're going to be getting a different type of treasure and you're trying to put either treasure in your like showroom in a certain pattern to score some points or you're trying to use the treasure in another section of your board to use it towards fulfilling contracts uh, to get points and other types of resources and stuff. And once someone hits a certain amount of contracts that they fulfilled, the game ends and you score up your points. You can also, um, I think you're collecting fish as well to build an aquarium. So you can have multiple different aquariums that you can build to score different points, which are going to kind of just, the bigger the aquarium is, the more the points are going to multiply and all that kind of thing. So it's a really interesting game. It has really awesome art. Um, you use the box lid when you're rolling to kind of determine how the dice are going to go on this little board you're drafting from. Really neat, really fun, and I like it quite a bit. And that's my number 74, Wreck Raiders. I like this one a lot. I love the artwork, and we will talk about it in a couple weeks. <laughs> For me, at least. My number 74 is a game that Jason barely squeaked in the top 100. And this is, I have it solidly right here. My name's Katie, like this, and I'm better than Jason. Well, okay. Everyone heard that. It's recorded. Um, <laughs> at the three-quarter mark here, my number 74 is Gambler. We have talked about this game all the time. You know it's awesome. I know it's awesome. That's why it's my number 74. It would be higher if it wasn't, you know, just like a roll-and-move game. Yeah, it's a roll-and-move game, Yeah. <laughs> But again, like I love the experience, the player interaction, like the ridiculous push your luck chance kind of stuff. Um, the schoolhouse rock looking artwork. It's a good game. It's good. I, I mean, what more can you say? 
Number 74, Gambler. So I just picked up a game for $5 along the same lines. It's called Go For Broke. You're trying to be the first person to lose a million dollars. And we haven't played this yet, but I'm hoping... It looks amazing from all the videos I've watched. I'm hoping that it will be as good as The Gambler, and this will give us something else to talk about in the vintage vintage game category. I know. So, I really want to try it. Yeah, stay like, tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, my number 73 is a game that I'm sure Katie has higher because she really likes this game quite a bit. And yeah. that game is called Elysium. So this is a game from Space Cowboys, I think. And yes. there's been rumblings. That there's going to be an expansion, which is long overdue, and I really hope that's not fake news and this really happens, because that would be amazing. It would be awesome. But what this game is, is it's essentially a drafting game, and you're doing the drafting by spending these pillars that you have on your player board. There's four different color pillars. Each card requires you to have at least certain colors of pillars available in your pool when you take that card. Every time you take a card, though, you have to discard one of the pillars out for the round. So you're going to have less pillars available to be able to take other cards. So you're going to be using pillars to draft these cards. You also have to draft a turn order um, card from the the building up at the top to determine how many people you can put in the Elysium and stuff like that. If at any point you can't do that, you either get a broken quest thing or you have to take a, um, a civilian to put into your tableau and they're just junk they just clog it up and then at the end of all that you can move some of your people who are available in your tableau down into elysium to put like sets of numbers together so you might want five ones together or a one two three of the same color so you're building like runs of suits and certain numbers of different suits as well and you're just trying to get more points than everybody else um you play over like five rounds so it's a pretty quick game the artwork is really nice it's a bunch of different artists there's vincent dutrait uh there's another famous art- artist that I can't remember, but every God card is drawn by a different artist, which is pretty neat. So my number 73, Elysium. Yes, I love this game and it is in like my top 30 or something. It's pretty high up there because it's so good and we'll talk about it then. So listen to Katie for an actual summary of how the game plays. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even listening to your description of it because I knew it'd be crap. It's stuff and things. So I got it. <laughs> Move stuff, up tracks and do things. Yep. That sounds right. <laughs> My number 73 has all kinds of tracks and things moving, and that is Zulkin. Um, This game is good, and we haven't played it for a long time. It's got this really neat rondelle, but yet they're like dials that turn. And so you've got this kind of element of when do I put my markers down and when do I pull them off to get the kind of items that I need or want. And at some point, you know, you're going to have to pull some off even if you're not quite ready to because you have to have workers to move around. There's blue crystal skulls and, um, you know, you can build up your like kind of temples there. Um, it's just like a really fun, thinky, like interesting game. And turning the wheels is really super cool. So that is my 73, Zulkin. Yeah, I'll be talking about this later. <laughs> this I'm is, sure. I- this is a good game. You do really like this game. My number 72 is a Stefan Feld game. And there's actually going to be another Stefan Feld game after this. So everybody hold on. And oh my gosh. Feld's going to bring out the <laughs> restraining order again if we're not careful. Yeah. So this game is Trajan, which is a lot of people's favorite Feld. Apparently it's not mine. And I know it's not mine because the one <laughs> I like a lot better is in my top 10. And it's amazing. And um, this is a, 
a Mancala game. You have this player board in front of you. You're moving stuff around in these little dishes to take the action of where you end. And you're trying to collect goods to sell to ships. You're trying to move your um, military people around the board to conquer different areas and score points. You're trying to go to this other place and build steps and arches on your player board. You're trying to earn votes in the Senate. And there's one other area that I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, you're trying to get uh, Trajans, which are little tiles you can put on the outside of your Mancala board that if you get certain colors of the pieces in that board, when you take that action, you're going to get an extra point or some extra benefit, which is cool. This is a, a pretty fun game. Uh, I, I think you've played a whole game of it. I'm not sure. Um, it has a lot of I, rules. Some of it's kind of weird, but I really like it. 72, Trajan. I don't remember this at all. I was trying to think if I remembered it when you talked about it. I think you and filled then, in for Josie, at least for a little bit. Oh, yeah. It made no sense. And by the time I figured out what I was doing, the game was over. It was so over. Yeah. I, I probably need to play it again. So <laughs> I can actually be like, hey, I think I get this sort of. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty easy once you once you play a whole game. But if you come in at the end after we've already explained it, yeah, that makes it a little tough. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what the frick is happening. Stuff and things. The stuff and the things were happening, and they were happening without me. Uh, <laughs> my number seven, yeah, my number seventy-two. I don't know who makes this. I don't know who designed it. Alexander have, Fister. Okay, this is an Alexander Fister game that somebody produces. Spiel. The Eggert Spiel produces, and it's called Blackout Hong Kong. So. This game I avoided for a long time because, like, I just remember hearing Joel and Jason be like, this board's all black. Yeah, this board's all black. Well, it's kind of like a killer for this other game that we talked about a lot and then eventually hated, and that was racist. But I can't remember the name of that game. <laughs> Mombasa. Mombasa, yeah. And, I, uh, like, and I'm like, I don't, okay, I don't know that I want to play this game. And just the name of it sounded, like, dumb. Uh, I kept wanting it to be deception, murder in Hong Kong, and I was just kept being... That happened during the blackout, okay? Clearly. Or if Fred's there, seduction in Hong Kong. (laughs) Seduction (laughs) in Hong Kong. (laughs) That also happened when the lights are out. (laughs) I hope hope Fred still listens to our podcast after this episode. Um, But Blackout Hong Kong is... I, I don't even really know the theme. I just remember I like the mechanics of it. Like, I like that you have these cards. I think they're cards. Maybe tiles. I don't know. Maybe cards. They're cards. With, like, doctors and different types of people that allow you to do um, these different actions around the board. And there's some area control to it, which I don't love. But you're using that to get some extra things, which is cool. Um, but you're doing stuff on your board because you're trying to open up more spaces to get better stuff right do i remember this game at all i don't know maybe not uh you're uh, you're trying to f- to enclose a region right to score points but yes. i mean on your and, like your player board though itself you're doing stuff yeah you're trying to complete um the needs of these cards so you can get these cards in your deck yes 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 that's what i mean so you're getting these cards in your deck because then you can use them and they have like better like more optimal types of things and you're rolling is it dice that decide like what um, items yeah, are available? Have, have resources on them to yeah. get your resources each time. So that thing that changes up. So you might have to change like what your game plan is based on what resources come out. Um, I just think it, it's really fun and, and it has some different things that you don't see in a lot of other games. And so that's what really intrigues me about it. And I'd like to play it more because obviously I don't remember it very well. Um, 
but there's parts of it that like, man, this really stuck with me. And I'd love to see how I could do it better the next time and the next time and the next time. Um, so I thought it was really good. So that's my number 72, Blackout Hong Kong. Yeah, this is a good game. I played this a lot solo before we played it together. And it even works really fun, really well solo. It kind of plays the same. You just get rid of some cards before you take your action to make it more like you're playing with real people. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, my number 71, and the last one I'm going to talk about this week, is from Feld, which I already spoiled earlier. <laughs> and it is called Aquasphere, which this is a game that's not boring and beige. It actually has lots of color. It it's has blue. little, it is blue and yellow a lot. And it has uh, these little robot meeples, which is always cool. It has little submarine meeples. And what you're doing in this game is you are a scientist and you're in this underwater aquasphere trying to do research. You're trying to collect octopods, is what they call them in this. Well, you're trying to save your laboratory by getting rid of these octopods. You're trying to collect these black gems. You're trying to. Um, Put new, build new ports for your submarines to make it easier for you to move around from place to place. You are trying to collect time tokens because apparently walking from one side of the aquasphere to the other takes a lot of time, and you need to have time to be able to do that. It's big, and you're man. Also tr- yeah, that's that's true. It is big, and you're also trying to um, program robots to be able to take these actions. So on your turn, you're going to place a robot down in one of the aquaspheres, and you're going to take the action that's in that aquasphere. It's uh. Uh, a kind of an interesting game and the actions that you can take are on this little like programming board. You have a scientist guy that always moves up. He has to follow an arrow. And so there might be a point where you need to take an action, but the arrow that you need doesn't lead over there. So like the action might be on the other side of the little board thing and you can't get to it. So you're kind of trying to program what you want to do in around. And it's interesting. It doesn't particularly feel like a failed game to me. Maybe that's why a lot of people don't like it, but I like it. And it's my number 71. Aquasphere. Yeah, I haven't played this. It looks like super complicated to me every time I see you have it out. it's It has a lot of rules, but it's not complicated to play. The The teach is a little bit of a pain in the butt, but once you can figure that out, it's you go to a spot and you do the thing. <laughs> Move some things on tracks. Yep. Actually, I don't think there's a lot of tracks in here <gasps> other than a score track. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Wow. How dare they? Uh, my last one, my number 71, I used to know who... Oh, man, I used to know who designed this. Paolo Mori. Oh, yeah, Paolo Mori. Is this a cool name? Um, and that is Libertalia. Libertalia is a pirate-themed game. I really dig me some pirates. Um, and in this game, you everyone has the same set of cards starting out, and you play it in a couple different phases. So in the first phase, we all have the same type of cards. They all have different actions. And we're going to simultaneously select what we're going to do. And then the actions are going to fire in a particular order. So you're trying to get the most booty. You might try to get rid of some other people's uh, like characters in their ship, their crew members. Um, maybe get bonuses off your own crew members. And then you move to a next phase. If you have any cards held over, you can now play them in the new phase. And maybe that will enable you to um, beat out some other people because you've kept a certain card. Um, there's just, it's, it's really easy. I mean, it's really basic on how you play it, but it's really strategic as you're out think, trying to outthink your opponents and figure out what's going to give you the best benefit. Like it's, it's just great. I love it. Um, so that is my number 71, Libertalia. Yeah, this is a good game. Uh, and apparently out of print. 
so a lot of people can't get their hands on this. So Really? Yeah, that's what I read somewhere. And I, I haven't done more research into that, but I don't know. We have it, so I don't really care. But Yeah, I mean, know. I'm not selling my copy. I love it. Yeah, it's good. It could use an expansion, though. That'd be cool, some extra cards. That would be cool. That would be cool. So, as a recap, give me your 80 to 71, babe. All right, my number 80 is... Terra Mystica. Terra Mystica. <laughs> yes, I was getting there. And my number 79 is Circadian's First Light. My 78 is Zhangwo. Probably still terrible. Terrible pronunciation. Uh, my number 77 is The Godfather Corleone's Empire. 76, Rajas of the Ganges. 75, Railroad Revolution. 74, Wreck Raiders. 73, Elysium. 72, Trajan. And number 71, Aquasphere. And my number 80 is Takedo, 79, Sentient, 78, Marvel Legendary, 77, Euphoria, 76, Everdell, 75, Demon Worker, 74, Gambler, 73, Zulkin, 72, Blackout Hong Kong, and 71, Libertalia. And that is our 80 to 71, another segment done in our top 100 games of all time. We hope you're enjoying this. Um, if you are, give us a shout out on Facebook in our Facebook group, hashtag the riveted. Those people are awesome. Legitimately. It's not full of politics. It's not full of like fighting. It is just, Hey, we played these games. Is this game good? Do you like this? What do you guys think? It's all like, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. And knock on wood, it's going to stay that way. We haven't had to like slap anybody around. With the admin privileges, I mean, if Fred keeps getting, you know, risque, <laughs> we might have to give him a warning on there. But he, he's already gotten warnings. He has two strikes. Two strikes, yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty. It's a clean. It's a family show. It's a family place. Um, definitely where you want to be. Also, our YouTube channel. My husband is amazing at pumping out YouTube videos. He is just so good at that. Um, I'm just way too concerned about my appearance to do more videos, I think is a real issue. And I'm busy as crap. Um, but definitely check that out. Subscribe, like, comment so we know what's working for you, what's not. We got the Twitters. We got the Instagrams. So look for us. Communicate with us. Tell us about your top games. And if there's something we mentioned that you're like, oh, I'm interested in that. I didn't. I don't know anything about that. We'd love to hear if we've, you know, inspired or helped you find something new. Or if you completely disagree with us, you're allowed to say that. If you just like Coimbra because you're a terrible soulless person, you can say that. <laughs> we'll let you. That. You can say it. <laughs> You'd you be shouldn't. you'd be wrong, but you could yeah, say it. <laughs> but it's it's a great online community. We love talking with you guys. You guys are the reasons why we do this. Um, so yeah, I think that's it for today. Yeah, I agree. Riveted's amazing. I ever second everything Katie said. Ditto is what Jason's mark is. Ditto is it, it's just a great word. It's a great word. It says so much by saying so little. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.